now on our, we had to finish the series somewhere. And so we thought today is a great day to do it. Um, and so I uh, plan to finish now anyway. So, and this is a really uh, big topic, important topic. So um, our bottom line for the series is that you were created for great relationships. I want you to know that you were created and designed by God to exist in great relationships, firstly, in a vertical relationship with Him, and secondly, in great relationships with one another. And uh, while, while all of us can agree and think, yeah, actually, I know that, um, the, the challenge is most of us can probably identify relationships that aren't so great. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but, I'm sure, but I know either yourself or you know someone or, or you've been in a place where your relationship isn't as great as you'd like it to be. And so over the last six to eight weeks, we, we've explored um, what we can do about that. Uh, we have uh, touched on and explored the importance of taking responsibility for what belongs to us. We've talked about what's on taking responsibility on what's on our side of the fence and what's on the other person's side of the fence. Uh, we've looked at what Paul meant. Can we the next slide up? Thanks, Joel. Thank you. Uh, we've looked at what Paul meant by uh, carrying burdens, with the, the, the law of Christ that says we must carry each other's burdens, but the responsibilities we have to deal with our own everyday backpacks. And all these uh, messages are still on, on, on our Facebook page if you want to uh, review them, or most of them are on our, um, on our website. You can listen to them directly as well. Uh, we've talked about boundaries. We've talked about guarding our hearts and uh, guarding what God's entrusted to us and we've talked, about, we've talked about being peacemakers. Our world is in desperate need of peace, whether it's the war in Ukraine or what's going on with gun control, or you can name any country and there's tension in politics and finances. The world is in need of peace. And not only that, internally, we are in need of peace. And God calls us to be peacemakers, not peacekeepers. Um, scripture also calls us as far as possible to live in peace with one another. And we've talked about how to handle conflict. Some, some very uh, simple tools. And we do have a bunch of magnets. If you didn't get a magnet from us uh, to help you, uh, practical things that can help you deal with having difficult conversations or how to have appropriate conversations to speak and to listen and to feel heard. We've got magnets at the help desk. You're welcome to take one. One for the person you're not talking to as well. So, um, and look, we, we realise that we've only really skimmed over just the surface of these things. You know, the, the reality is life and, and learning how to do relationships well, it takes a long time. We're still working on it. Well, one of us are. Um, yes, it's me. Um, but we really realise that there are some deep and difficult things that you, may, that you may have experienced, some stuff you're going through now that is really hard. We would get that. And, and some of those things are going to take more than a fridge magnet to work through. Some of those things are going to take... Uh, more, more than just one conversation may take you days or weeks or months or even years, some of the, the pain and the hurt and the brokenness that your relationship has experienced. The reality is time does not heal, time does not heal every wound. Who's heard that phrase? Doesn't do it. Otherwise, you could just go to the doctors, sit in the waiting room, wait however long and say, I'm done. I'm fine now. I can go. So, so time itself doesn't heal every wound. It needs to be intentional to ask for God's help to deal with some of these things. Um, there are some wounds that, that require more grace than you ever thought you could, you could have. There are some wounds that require more love, more patience, and uh, more understanding, more compassion. 
And there are some things that require, I said, more than a single conversation. Uh, it might take a while to resolve something. We, we understand that. We're not thinking it's a simple matter of listen to these six messages, use the Maglev, and you're all done. We, we get it, that there are some things that need to get worked through. Um, and we also understand it's those times and these difficult times you need to dive deeply into God's grace. You know, you need to find good friends who will pray with you. You need to even possibly look at things of getting some professional help, talk to a counsellor or, or a mediator or a psychologist. Or the, the, the goal is to find healing, and sometimes we'll need help to achieve those things. And so um, uh, this more, that, that's, we just wanted to acknowledge that, because I do know that it could be uh, many of us do go through challenging times, and these are important to acknowledge. Uh, this morning we're going to finish on something really uh, important, something that Jesus had a lot to say on, and Jesus was pretty direct about these, this thing. It's uh, how do we deal with this thing called offence? Not, not offence, it'll be offence. Uh, in our world, um, and I'm sure this hasn't happened to you, but you get a little letter in the mail that's got one of those formal little logos in the corner and you open it up and it's a traffic offence. Anyone got one of those? That, you're not going to show them. <laughs> Anyone get one on the way to church today? <laughs> Don't raise other people's hands. <laughs> Traffic offence. Parking offence. Uh, we, we live in a world where the concept of offence can be a very legal term. When you breach a legal position, that's considered an offence, and there is consequences attached to that offence. Um, uh, fines, losing a licence. You know, some of you know, it, it could even go as far as jail time. Don't put your hand up for this one, Andre. But, um, you know, there is consequences for offence. And for this message, I'm not talking about those type of offences, because bottom line is, you do the crime, you do the time. Okay, so there's got to be natural consequences for those, those breaches of law that are in place. So I want to talk about a different offence. Um, but have you noticed how easily people are offended? Who's, who's noticed that? No. Who's never been offended? Because I've got some news for you today. Right now, I can help you. Uh, I, can, I can change your position today, right now. So, everyone is so offended, whether you're on Facebook and you're reading that uh, someone puts a comment, and then someone else puts a comment, and then someone else comments against that comment, and all of a sudden it's gone somewhere no one wanted to ever go. Whether it's Facebook, whether it's text messages, whether it's uh, people offended at the, the, the style of someone's hair or the clothes they're wearing or their piercings or their tattoos or their socks or their shoes or their smell. You know, we live in a world where people are so easily offended. And um, do you know what? Have you ever noticed how easily Christians are also offended? I mean, not, not us. <laughs> not, not Adam, not us at all. What do you mean? But how easy it is that we as Christians are also offended. And, um, you know, some people can, can explode when they're offended. Some people can s withdraw. I had a great example of uh, uh, some people are like skunks. You know, so when a skunk is offended, everyone knows. Okay, they, everyone knows that skunk has had an issue, been a problem, and now we all know. Okay, so, so and then, then you've got the other people like turtles. You know, when they, they withdraw their heads into, the, into their shells. And so the reality is in any relationship, particularly whether it's a marriage or a couple, typically you have one of each. You know, don't try to, don't try to guess which one in our relationship is what, because I'm not going to go anywhere with that one. Um, but have a think about your own world or your family you grew up in. Um, anyway, skunk or turtle, what are you? Um, 
but you can easily recognize easily offended people. They are angry, they're resentful, they're quarrelsome, they're jealous, they're bitter, they're attacking, they're negative. Uh, you, you, you've probably seen that of the people that you know that get so offended. Uh, they're full of rage and, and, and they can't see it for themselves. They're so consumed about themselves and, and what happened to them that they're not really aware that they're in a place of offence. And so the opportunity to get offended comes every day. You know, it could be someone cutting you off at the car or someone pushing in at the checkout in front of you or, uh, you know, on the checkout. Anyway, I always use the checkouts. Um, but anyway, sometimes we get offended. In, sometimes people intentionally offend us. Sometimes people unintentionally offend us and we get upset. And the same thing, sometimes we intentionally, and unfortunately it's the way it is, we intentionally go out and we say things and mean things and do things that are offensive to people. Other times we don't mean it, but we just, just because we're there, they get offended. And so, um, and offense gnaws away at our heart, at our peace, uh, sleepless nights. And so this, this thing of offense is so important. Jesus deals with it. Uh, there's a verse in Proverbs that says, an offended friend is harder to win back than a fortified city. Arguments separate friends like a gate block bars. So when you've got friends that are offended, the Bible's saying, you know, it's tough. Offense is a tough thing we need to deal with. And I think we all need to learn skills to be unoffendable. And, um, and I know maybe you're here today, and maybe you've been stuck in a, in a trap of offense for a long time, and you're feeling, I've just got this thing going on, and I'm stuck. Our prayer is for you that today you'll have some tools and a, get a sense that God can help you get out of that place you find yourself in. So, this one, Andre. This is our um, recommendation for this week. We recommend all the books up there. But this one, it sounds tricky because when you look at it, the bait of Satan, it doesn't sound like a welcoming kind of a book. And I actually had someone ask me about friends of theirs who had stopped going to church because they were offended and did I have any books that can help? And I said, yeah, there's a really good one. It's called The Bait of Satan. They went, oh, I don't really feel comfortable giving that to them. But the way to do it is actually read it yourself and actually learn the good stuff that's in it. And then you are able to say, this book really helped me. And hopefully that will fly past the title. I just want to read the back of it for you a little bit. It says, The bait of Satan exposes one of the most deceptive snares Satan uses to get believers out of the will of God. Offence. This trap restrains countless Christians, severs relationships, and widens the gulf between us. Jesus said, It's impossible that no offences should come. Although you will encounter offence, you can choose how you will react. Good. I couldn't say that better, that's why we decided to read that to you. So um, Mark already mentioned that in Luke, um, it says it's impossible that no offences will come. So they're coming, but it says, woe to him for whom they do come. He said to his, his disciples in a different translation, the NAS, it says it's inevitable that stumbling blocks come, but woe to him from, through whom they come. And so sometimes when the Bible says woe to him, we think we should woe to them. But actually, God is saying woe to those who are offensive. Like the woes to those who, through whom offences come. It's not for us to woe them. What, what does woe mean? <laughs> so when we look at the word 
um, offence. In the Greek, it actually means scandalon. And we get like scandal from that in the English. But what it refers to is the part of a trap that is where the bait sits. So easy example is chi mouse. Okay. That's the easy way for you to put it. It's the cheese, basically. It's the thing that the devil is trying to use to suck you in to being trapped. Because when we choose to hold on to an offence, we are trapped, which I don't want to go too far forward on that because we'll talk about it later. Um, so he made it very clear. It's impossible that basically, if you haven't been offended, just keep coming to church. <laughs> keep hanging around with people. It will happen, but you're going to have the tools to sort it out. So, um, a very important thing to do is to recognise it. And Mark listed off a few things just then that you might, you know, not have peace. You might be angry. Sometimes we don't realise that we're offended, but our friends can because our speech will always betray us when we're talking about something. You can tell because we're probably hard to shut up about a person or a situation that we're offended about. And so um, I have a situation where we had um, been in a church for a while, we were on the leadership team and um, the pastor at the time was not necessarily great. Great. <laughs> and um, we were kind of the in-between, so we were like, defending him and trying to protect him but at the same time dealing with all the mess that was happening in the church because of him not being so great and years after that and it, it ended messily okay it was not good for the church but um years after that i was at a conference with a friend and this pastor happened to walk past in the corridor and there was you know the acknowledgement but then i had a bit of a grumble after i walked past them and my friend just looked at me and said, I think you might have an issue there, love. Like, <laughs> and it was really good. Like I, I guess I knew, but I wasn't really thinking that I, about it because I felt very justified to have that issue. But it wasn't until my friend reflected back to me. I think that you, know, that you might need to forgive them and you've got an offense there. And, it was amazing, like it, wounds of a friend are faithful, yeah? And so that was really good for me to hear, uncomfortable, but good for me to hear because my words were betraying me that I had an offence, even though I felt like I was justified to have the offence, which is the trap, isn't it, really? Um, we all have, as Mark said, the opportunity to be offended, but we don't have to take the bait. Um, it is tempting to, and I actually, I've got a prop besides the fence, because, can you know, this? Yes. Just got to get dressed. This is Phoebe. You look great, okay? Thank you. Pink's not my colour, but anyway. Well, that's funny with sex. Sometimes, and I've even got the O because, um, look, we tried to think of a snazzy name, but um, it's just Captain Offended, okay? I thought you were going to go for no. gen General Grievance. General Grievance. Uh, exactly. Uh, yeah. Corny. Or, here's a very 
very, very obscure one, the ticked. Do you know who the tick is? It's a very old, I don't know how you know what it is. A very old superhero called the tick. He was actually a tick. But if you make it the ticked, then you know. Anyway, so I'm moving right on. Sometimes we think we're being some kind of superhero to hold on to an offence. We feel like we are, yep, standing up for some kind of righteous thing to defend sometimes God, sometimes God's word, but actually he's big enough to defend his own character and his own word. And we can sometimes get offended and shut out anyone that is offensive to us about God or offensive to us about. For me, I felt very justified to be angry at this pastor who should have known better and hurt not just us, but other people and I felt very justified and so I wore my offence as a bit of a badge like I'm quite right here, I'm, they did the wrong thing, I'm standing up for good, good versus evil and it's not, it's not right, it's not right that we, I just got to stop for a second, my phone's ringing and it's bugging me, there we go, I don't know it was, no. <laughs> it's funny, that would be funny. Um, yeah, so it, it's like it's like that we think that we're the only person that is right in the situation and we're the only one that has never done anything wrong ourselves and it can really, really go to a self-rightness, which we know self-righteousness is not what we're aiming for. So we think that we're right, we take the bait, it's just like walking into a trap. We can find ourselves in prison, which we will talk to you a bit more later. We can feel powerful and we feel like we're standing up for justice, as I said. The end game of offence, the end game. So it doesn't matter who offended you or what, when it was or what it was about, the end game of offence, the devil's plan is for, to cause us to doubt God and give up on him. That's the end game. And the Bible's full of... Um stories that, that show us what offence can look like. And ordinary people like us who had to wrestle with this because the Bible isn't full of superheroes, the Bible is full of just us, normal people. Uh, we're going to look at two people. The first, just very quickly, uh, King David. Um, most of us uh, in the church, you know the story of King David. Didn't, doesn't start, doesn't, you have to look very far to see how many opportunities David had to get offended. You know, the first thing is the, 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 the prophet Samuel is coming to their home to look for the next future king of Israel. And so um, uh, Samuel's dad, Samuel, which is Jesse, calls all six of his seven kids uh, to come uh, to stand before the prophet. Guess who he left out? David. Yeah, I forgot about David. Yeah, he was just an afterthought. Of he can, he's not important. He's not relevant. We'll just leave him out in the field looking after the sheep. And so he was forgotten by his dad, his story, he was picked on by his brothers, he was scoffed by the enemy, you know, he had this whole thing going on with King Saul where he was, you know, uh, hunted down by, uh, by, his, by his friend, uh, Saul. Um, but throughout it all, we see one particular psalm, there's heaps of them, but I'll do one psalm. Uh, offense is the hardest when it's someone that's really close to you. You know, I, I, I can get offended when, when someone, uh, you know, makes a comment, one of my 
many Facebook friends, uh, makes a comment. I don't even know these people. They can make a comment. Oh yeah, that's a bit annoying. It doesn't really offend me as much as someone who's close to me, someone who knows me, someone who, who should who, who should be on my side. And so um, David says this in Psalm 55. He says, "It's not an it's not an enemy who taunts me. I could bear that. It's not my foes who so arrogantly insult me. I could hide from them. Instead, it's you." my equal, my companion and close friend. What good fellowship we once enjoyed as we, as we went to church together, as we sat next to each other, as we sang together, as we, as we went to connect group together, as we went on trips around Australia together or overseas. That, that, I know that bit's not in there. But um, David experienced this pain of betrayal from someone he was so close to. Someone that, that he went to church with and hung out with and sang with and prayed with. And so, so the, the, the most painful types of offence are when it comes from close, close people or, or family or, or close friends. Uh, he knew the agony of offence, but he also knew where to find comfort and hope. Just a uh, couple of verses later, David says, But I will call on God and the Lord will rescue me. So if you're in a situation and you're feeling, we're going to give you some tools about this in a minute as well. Um, but if you're feeling in a place where you've been, been offended or someone said stuff or represented you unfairly, unjustly, can I encourage you to, to consider what David did? And that is to call upon God and say, God, you know me. You, you, you know my heart. And I want to call on you and you will rescue me in this space. So David's got a lot more, but we'll do one more. Um, the other character in the Bible that we wanted to look at was Joseph. He was badly mistreated. He had a lot of reasons for offence. His brothers sell him into slavery. He's wrongly accused of attacking Potiphar's wife. He's jailed. Then he makes friends there and then, you know, he's like, just um, remember me to the king and then they forget him. Like, he had lots of reasons to be offended. But you see... That he kept his heart pure so that at the very end, when he's facing off with his brothers, he could say to them, you intended this for harm, but God made good out of it. You intended this to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. Sometimes, how we handle offence is about our future. It's not about what happened to us, but it's about who we need to be in the future and we need to be unshackled from any offence. Um, as Mark said, it seems the closer relationship, the harder it is to deal with an offence because we feel like the people who know us should, you know, know us and not actually hurt us if they can help it. Um, another church story. Church is awesome for offence. Not our church. Our church is amazing. But um, it, we had a couple in another church and they were, they kind of got close to us mm -hmm. and um, just started to make a bit of trouble in our church and they caused in the end a few people to leave. They spoke things on our behalf that we had never said or would never say and it just, we had a, a bit of an exodus from our church. Not too many people, but we love people, so any people, you know, it affects us. And I remember just being so cranky about it and they came they came and actually told us there was a spirit over the church and you know, and we were just like, nah, like, you know. But um, I just remember driving along and I was having a bit of a whinge to God about these people because I felt quite right in being able to have a whinge to God about these people. 
And he just whispered to me and he said, I need you to forgive them. Well, I pulled over because I was about to have the Donnie Brook with God. <laughs> and I remember sitting on the side of the road and I was crying and just saying, what the heck? Why would you make me do that? Like, it was really just a big argument with him because I felt so, someone else's phone is ringing me Um I felt just so wronged that not only had they done the wrong thing, but I had to forgive them. Are you, anyway, obviously you like, well not obviously, I did choose. I sat on the side of the road, tears in my eyes, and just let them go to God. Let, let God deal with them. And the weeks after that, I could see why I needed to be free to be able to walk out what we needed to do to lead our church at that time without that anger and that thing, like if you think about it like a trap, something like biting into me really, but without that on me, I was able to move forward and actually felt free instead of weighed down by them. Sometimes it's happened to me. You know, we have a lot of people in our world that have bent up seemingly. Where, where yeah. did you say? Okay, me. <laughs> so there was another time when we were having people over for dinner. And you know that. This time, wasn't last night, was it? No, it wasn't last night. We had dinners for eight. We had so much fun. Thanks to everyone who came and like spicy food. Um, anyway, we had people over for dinner years ago, not from Newcastle. And we were about to have them for dinner. And you know, you just do the final preps. And I thought, I'll just pop to the bathroom. And I'm in the bathroom, and God says, You need to forgive these people that were coming for dinner. And I'm like, what? Now you want to talk about this? Like right now when they're about to walk in the door. And again, God, it was more about me and my heart. It wasn't about them or what they had done. It was about me and God needing me to be free and God needing me to be able to relate with others in, the, in a free and clear way because there was not any offense between us. But it's not always the best timing but God wants us to release. So firstly, we talked about recognize. Sometimes your words will betray you and recognize if you're offended. And, and we definitely need to release that offense. So, so, the, <laughs> so we've got our own sound effect generator up here. Our Foley artist up the front. So, um, so the, the good news is, that God has a way for us to get out of this trap. Isn't that good news? And so it's not something we have to be bound by any longer. To the, you can walk out of here free. And I think that's a wonderful thing. Particularly if you've been trapped and, 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 and for a while by, by some genuine hurts, as Ellie's as mentioned. So um, Now, the, 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 the way Ellie's used the word already, and I'm going to call it the F word, but it's, um, the word is forgiveness. I know, some of you had to hold your breath just then, I know. Um, but the word forgiveness is, is, is what is required to release us from the trap. Um, if you think about it, as Christians, forgiveness is the very thing we do. It's the very centre of our Christian life. It is, it is what we are about. Um, we are a forgiven people, and so we need to forgive others. 
Uh, Colossians 3.13 says, Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive some people who offend you. Forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. This is a challenging verse because uh, we believe Scripture is God's spoken word to us, inspired by the Holy Spirit, penned through the Apostle Paul, written to the church, uh, the Colossian church. And, 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 and the Lord's saying, we must forgive others. And um, forgiveness is a very interesting concept. Uh, and so we're going to we're gonna hand over to you to talk about this poll. Okay, it's audience. We need you to involve, get involved. Time, yeah. So I want you to, on your phone, I oh, can they QR that? If not, go on your the website, uh, website on your on your browser. This is not Kahoot, browser. this is just a smile. <laughs> so what's, so when they go there, what are yeah, when find? you go there there's gonna be a little poll and we want you to just answer the questions on forgiveness. There's five there's five questions. There's like seven. There's seven. There's no, no, no names are going to be presented here. Yeah, your name won't come up. Even if you enter it in there, your name won't come up. We just want to kind of get a snapshot of the room. Um, if the same question stays there, you might be missing. There's a next button at the top of your screen. So press that to go on to the next question. Joel, have you activated it? Yeah, no. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's activated. It's activated again. Thank Thanks, you, Joel. Thanks, Joel. <laughs> Is anyone having trouble? You can pop your hand up. Sam will come and help you. You are not Ian, are you? Okay. Go and see. Way to throw me under the bus. Who <laughs> <laughs> else needs help? We've got a bunch of young people here. that can help. No, can you, no help can you help Tina? Yeah. Yeah, skip the ads. <laughs> How are you doing? Give me the way. Don't you love it when the plan comes together so well? It worked at our house. Oh, Alright. It's probably three. It's probably three people. <laughs> Hang on, we're All trying right. to change okay, it. We're gonna... Are we going to try and change it? Okay, let's just move on. We'll talk about the questions. What other questions? Well, the ish here. Okay. That was fun. That was a good waste of an hour yesterday, so... <laughs> I think Sam's going to see if he can fix it. Sam can fix anything. Alright. Okay, can you call out the first question and we'll just talk about it. You can do a show. The idea of that was to explore what you think and what you believe about forgiveness because we often have some faulty thinking around forgiveness. Um, and right. so, so who? Oh, there we go. Hang on, that's not the first one. Oh, oh okay. don't put that up. Okay. Hey, just... Who gets free when I forgive? 88% of you say me, which is you know, the person forgiving. 12% say it. 
Forgiveness is a feeling. False and true. Oh, true, 28% say true. Forgiveness means trusting them again. 68% say no. Do you want, do you want to talk about each one? Or? And 30 Who said wow? Well, yeah. Are you, you shocked? Would, you would say wow. Well. I'm shocked. <laughs> Actually, let's go back to number one. So who gets free when I forgive? The answer is actually me. <laughs> it does not affect them whatsoever. It's just for your sake. You know the reason why it's good to know that is because sometimes we struggle with forgiveness because we think it lets them off. But it does nothing to them. It sets you free. Okay, next question. Forgiveness is a feeling. No, it's a decision. So you don't need to feel like I need to forgive them? No, how often? Yeah. Do you know how often I argue with God about it? I never feel like it. <laughs> but I choose to. I actually just say, I choose to forgive them. And the feelings follow. But it's an act of our will. It's not a feeling. Forgiveness means trusting them again. No, it doesn't. If someone has burgled you, you don't have them over <laughs> and just let them have free access to your house. You, ju you don't have to trust them again. It, it may lead to that at some stage, though. That's yeah, right. like that. It's just at the point of when it's about forgiveness, we sometimes think, "Oh, I can't forgive them because I have to trust them, or because I'm setting them free." If we need to wipe, oh, sorry. Because we sometimes overthink what forgiveness is, we we reluctant to do it, but it. No, you do not need to trust them. Again, that is false. Next question. Forgiveness releases others. I don't know, 64%? Is that true? One of those could be the random ones that I put in last night. Oh, and he's top of the class. Well done, Irvine. Yeah, no, it doesn't release them, just you. Remember the bait? Remember the trap that you've walked into with the bait in it? It's on your leg. It is not on them. Okay, next question. Forgiveness always leads to reconciliation. No. Again, no. These are, we wanted to ask these questions because sometimes they are barriers to us forgiving. I'm not ready to forgive you because then I have to be friends with you. No. No, you don't. It'd be great if that could happen down the track. But we're just talking about forgiveness. And no, you don't. Is that the last question, Joel? No, there's no. Forgiveness means forgetting. No, it doesn't. No, that was, that was very funny. No, it doesn't mean you forget. But it actually helps you. It definitely helps you forget the pain of it and the sting of it. But again, you don't have to forget. It's not really wise to think about it a lot because you probably pick up the bait again, but it doesn't automatically mean forgetting. So, we want to share. There's, one, there's two more questions. Oh, there's more? How many did you do? You told me to do more. Forgiveness means excusing or condoning the offence. Oh, well, 95% say it's wrong. You are right, that is wrong. That We are not saying it's okay. We're not condoning or excusing what happened to you. True, next question. That's it. Yes. Right. Thank you for participating, all three of you that could get through. <laughs> there were 16. 
Oh, 16. Correct. Oh, still me. Yep. Okay, so we are going to read a scripture now, and it's a big chunk of scripture, so we're going to break it down, but it is a story that Jesus told that is very, very significant. It's about unforgiveness and what that does to us. So let us start. Have you got it up there, Joel? Matthew 18? Yes. Okay, follow along with me. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. He couldn't pay, so his master ordered that he be sold, along with his wife, his children, and everything he owned, to pay the debt. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, Please be patient with me, and I will pay it. And his master was filled with pity for him and released him and forgave the debt. That's a, that's a great example of the posture the king has toward us when it comes to forgiveness. Our, our, our debts are so extreme, our, our rejection of God, our, our fundamental debt of, that, we, that we owe to God for our sinfulness and our rebellion is so extreme, it's, it's, it's massive. And yet the king here shows us that uh, he will release us from that, the, the posture. The king wants to, us to be released from that. Next part of the verse. Verse 28. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Be patient with me and I will pay it, he pleaded. But his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. So now we talk about the posture of the king. Now we're talking about the posture that we can easily take. And so the first guy was forgiven much. And yet someone owed him so little that he got so upset with him and, uh, and, and, and threw him into prison and grabbed him around the neck. And he, he tried to plead for his life, but the guy just would not forgive him. And now, is, is that fair? Is it fair what this guy did? No, that doesn't sound fair, does it? It's, um, it's, it's, it's how we can respond, though. We, we can so easily be forgiven so much, and when someone does something to us, we can go, oh, no, man, I'm going to take it out on you and be upset with you. And so we, we know the answer to this is, when Jesus was telling this parable, he's talking to his disciples, and they'd be wrestling with this, thinking, well, that's not right. It's not fair. And so um, then so we talk, Jesus talks about the posture of the king toward us, the posture that we have to one another. Then he goes on to talk about the consequence of, how we, of our posture. When some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. Then the king called in the man he had forgiven and said, You evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. What a challenging verse. What a challenging story that shows us the power of forgiveness and the consequence of unforgiveness, not showing mercy toward one another. And then what makes this story even harder or even more confronting is the verse that comes after it and the verse that comes before it. So we'll do the first one, that one, the verse that comes after it. That's what my heavenly Father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from the heart. Wow, who said that? Remind me, who's who? Jesus said that. And so what a challenging verse. That unforgiveness, friends, unforgiveness is a big deal for God. 
And how would you like it if God forgave you the way that you forgive others? You know, that'd be a fascinating experience for us all. Uh, the Lord's Prayer talks about it. Forgive us our sins as what? As we forgive those who sin again. Jesus was very strong and very direct on forgiveness. Why? Because he went to the cross that we would be forgiven and experience the, the, the fullness of, of complete pardon. Um, and so that's the, the verse that comes after that passage. Now we look at the verse that comes before it. Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? Nope, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. So it was that question that led Jesus to tell the story about the king and the, and the debtors. And uh, again, this is another tough verse. So do we have to wait? It's a bit of a rhetorical question, but do we have to wait till the eighth, eighth time? So they can sin against me seven times and we're counting and then they go, hey, you've hit number eight, you're done. No, no. Or do we extend that to 50th time? If someone, I know some of you got a tally and maybe your husband or your wife or your friend or someone you, you can't keep in count, all of a sudden they're getting there and you're, and you're thinking, yeah, they're getting there close. And they do. Is that what Jesus is saying? We wait till 50th time? It's like 490. Yeah. Think of the numbers wrong. 491st time. Thank you, Matt, man. Um, Jesus isn't talking about that. He is trying to say that forgiveness is, is limitless. Um, we don't forgive them only because they've changed. We, we, give them, we forgive them because it sets us free. That's why we forgive. Now, they may not come to us and do the same thing seven times or 490 times, but maybe, maybe we replay it in our minds seven times or eight times and, or 490 times. We, we're constantly dwelling on these things. And it's if those, when those thoughts come into our mind, Jesus makes it very clear. We've got to make a choice to forgive them. Um, and we need God's help to do that. Now, I've got one more verse to share, then we're going to wrap up. Um, Proverbs chapter 19, verse 11 says in NIV, it says that a man's wisdom gives him patience. It is to his glory to overlook an offence. What, what, what's, the, what's the writer here saying? He's saying it is to our glory to overlook when someone offends us. It's to our credit. It's to our honour when we can overlook an offence. And there's times when people are unkind and they're rude and they do stuff and say stuff and scripture is saying, you know what? Maybe you can just overlook that. And this often happens in families. This is probably the most common place where you grew up, family where you grew up, or your family now, where, where it's so easy to, to offend and hurt. You're sharing the same space, you're bumping into each other, you're all imperfect people, you're saying stuff, doing stuff, not meaning stuff, and you're constant. There's plenty of opportunity day to day to get offended at home. And so, what, what we need to make a choice is, you know what? I just got to let it go. I was going to sing the song. Hey, we went to watch um, the Frozen musical yesterday. I know, uh, I think Shane and Shane's here. And Gabby did so well, and Eliza and the whole crew from uh, St. Phillips. Back to the topic. Let it go. <laughs> let it go. Don't hold it back anymore. Or... All right. Thanks. Um, the Bible says we've got to overlook. And, and, and so we've got to show grace toward others. Maybe if someone's tired and they said it, or they're stressed and they did it, 
and they're, or they're hurting or they're grieving and they just said something, did something, we can make the choice. You know what? I can just let it go. And, uh, but there are times, and we discussed this in our last message, when someone offends us or someone hurts us, that we need to go to them and sort it out privately. And, and, and I guess, how, how, Mark, how do I know whether I should just let it go or, pick, uh, or overlook it? Or whether I should go and sort it out, point it out and sort it out? Well, I guess if you're constantly thinking about it. If you're, and I'd be asking the Holy Spirit, say, Lord, do I, do I need to do something about this? Can I just let it go? Can I just forgive them? Or do I need to go? Because sometimes you do need to go and talk it out with them. And the way Jesus tells us how to do that, you go to them privately. You don't go to everyone else and get them on your side and, and get them all offended on something that someone else did. Go to them privately and sort it out. And uh, so if you're, if you're wrestling, Mark, should I overlook something or should I um, forgive them or, or go and sort it out? If it's keeping you up at night, if you're just eating up on the inside, chances are, yes, you need to forgive them. Quite possibly you need to go and talk to them. You. Yep. Okay, so we've talked about recognizing if we've been offended, talked about releasing it, and I want to just encourage us also to remove ourselves from, from that space. Um, the scripture we talked about earlier was that um, offenses would come, but woe to them. So if, if you imagine, or I was imagining, so just imagine with me. You have like a tally, so like the offences on this side and the non-offences on that side. Basically, there's going to be a reckoning of the offence, but that's how I read that. Woe to them who offences are going to come through. So if we're holding on to the offence, we're on the wrong side of the tally. We need to be on the clear side, not on the offended side. Don't be hanging on to it. Not that woe is going to come to you, but you don't want to be anywhere near it. You don't want to have it, the smell of it, anything on you of that offence. That when someone's offended you, let it go. Get it as far away from you as possible. So, so that, that's pretty much. We're just going to pray in a minute. Um, and so we're sort of we're going to wrap our our relationship series up at this point. And I want to just point you to the cross. I think it's a beautiful thing to remember. You know, that, that is the symbol of, of forgiveness and reconciliation. And, and it's through the cross that we actually have the opportunity to have a great relationship with God, the, the, the vertical beam, and a great relationship with others. So we want to thank you at home and for you guys for your time um, going through this. Some great books at the, at the desk you can still pick up. But you've got to pray and then we're done. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Why don't you stand with us? We're going to do a little bit of a... You're going to engage with this if you're willing. not going to make you. So let's just have a chat with Jesus, because he just said some pretty, I, I think he thinks it takes it seriously, forgiveness. So let's just have a chat with him. Why don't you close your eyes, and we just say, Jesus, is there anybody I need to forgive?
thank you that because of that you set me free. Alrighty, so uh, thank you for your time. Um, still running outside, so uh, good luck with that. Um, for the guys at home, well done, you're nice and dry. Uh, have a great hey, next week. We've got uh, Adam who's going to be preaching next week, so that's going to be brilliant. Yeah. And so then he, the tournament was thrown down when his son got up and then set the standards. So, uh, so next week we've also got soup and bread next week. We'd love you to join us. Uh, if you're at home, hope you can make it next week. God bless. Bye.